This program is brought to you by A to B Media Partners. Be sure to listen to the After Two Beers podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Also, make sure to visit www.aftertwobeers.com. Welcome to the After Two Beers podcast interview session. Dutch Dalton back again. We've been off for a while now, thanks to COVID, with these interviews. But uh, I'm being joined today by someone that's been on NBC's Last Comic Standing. You've been on Mark Maron's podcast, Joe Rogan's. And here lately, you appear locally all the time, it seems like, on the Bob and Tom show. And that is Miss Pat. Miss Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know what? We're doing good. And I got to tell you. You know, I was I was listening to you today. I was listening to your new podcast, the uh, the Pat Down Show, and I got to tell you, I fell in love with you, and I'm going to tell you why. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah. you know, in this society today, people are fake as hell. You know, people the 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 lives they live on social media are complete bullshit. But I have never heard a comedian or just an individual that is so openly honest. And just says how it is like you are. And I respect the hell out of you for it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm too old to be faking, child. I tell them, <laughs> they can fake my hair and my eyelashes. <laughs> I love it. I mean, if if the listeners of the podcast haven't had a chance to go back and, and look at your past, uh, you don't hide anything about it. But you are a true American, like, you know, made it story. Yeah, it's a lot of us out there. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people just don't like sharing their background. I think I talk too damn much sometimes. <laughs> no, that's what makes you real, though. <laughs> Wait, well, it's according to you know we come we the United States is a great country. I mean, I'm, I'm a glad I'm glad to be an American, but I think the biggest crop is bull. Can I curse? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest crock of bullshit this this country ever told its citizens was pull yourself up by the bootstrap. Well, everybody don't have straps in their boots, so what do you didn't you didn't make a plan for those people? <laughs> right. so, <laughs> Intentionally, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the person that I want. I come from a background where a lot of people didn't have no scraps in their boots, honey. <laughs> and some of them didn't have the boots, and you had to figure it out. So, you know, I just. I just try to stay as real as possible dealing with Hollywood and people. I, I don't think I'll ever change. I think I will ever be using a coupon. Um, <laughs> 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 I, I got every app that allow you to get points. I'm never out of the app of the day. Miss Pat, I'm with you. If I were a billionaire, I would still eat pizza rolls <laughs> and ramen noodles. <laughs> so I was at the Apple store today to buy me a watch, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, the guy was like, well, you have to put it on. You can make an installment plan, you know, put it on your bill. And he said, but you have to get a sell you for your watch. I said, well, my phone, my watch don't need a phone. I said, well, ain't no sense of me spending my money with y'all. I might as well go down here to Best Buy where I'm going to get points at. So I left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Now, the reason we're having you on the show today is you're going to be performing tonight, uh, July 9th at 8 p.m., uh, Friday, uh, July 10th, 7.30 and 10. Saturday, July 11th, 7.30 and 10 at the uh, Helium Comedy Club in Indianapolis. Is it weird yeah. for you to get back into perform or are you finally like, I just got to get out of the house. I got to get back to performing. Um, I'm working on something. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, I ain't going to say it's dangerous out here. It, what it is, is kind of dangerous because my son had COVID. Did he? So, uh, yeah, he fell out at work and they called me up there to get him. 
And I went up there. His eyes was red. He had them fainting. And I told him, I don't pick up hot Negroes. He got a fever. <laughs> I think you need to call a hazmat team out here. But I'm working on uh, I'm working on something. I got something that, that we're trying to do next year. So I need to get on stage. And I mean, plus I'm married. I just can't stand this house with this same <laughs> damn man. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, I got to tell you, the side chicks got to be lonely these days. <laughs> right. You know, it, it, men have to really struggle to cheat now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hard to come up with an excuse while you're gone for two hours when you're not allowed to go any damn where. Yeah, and then you come back and be on gave up COVID. Where you get COVID from? I know that wasn't at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> was anybody giving you shit about performing live that like you shouldn't be doing it, or or your family was ready to get rid of you too? Uh, they were ready to get rid of me too. No, <laughs> you hear the comedian saying, you know, um, you know, some people saying, "Oh, stay at the house." I'm like, but that, that's the rich people saying, "Stay at the house." Right. Like, Four crack babies running around here and some old tears. They gotta eat. <laughs> yeah, people with money in the bank say we should sit at home. Well, I got a few dollars in the bank too, but I can't be. It ain't the sit at home type money. Okay, <laughs> right. it's the hard. It's the get you out of jail type money. Yes, so, I don't have that type of money. Now I. I have to ask you, for our, our regular show that we do, we talk about funny history. Not necessarily history events that are funny, but we make them funny. One of the things that, that came up last week, the president went to Mount Rushmore. I didn't realize statues were such a big deal. And I don't mean that in a negative way, like, to e either side. But I just don't give two shits about statues. <laughs> like, take them down, leave them up, I don't care. But I want to know what your opinion on this is. Well, I'm not from the era of civil rights. I'm only 48 years old. So, you know, my mother and grandmother and people like that was more the era of civil rights. Uh, I'm more of an equality type person. You know, I'm fighting. That's what we fighting for now. And that's what they was fighting for back then. But I always tell people I never notice his statues anyway because I never look up. <laughs> and if he's up there, I ain't looking up shit. I got vertigo. But to, <laughs> to put all jokes aside, as a black person in this country, when you see somebody like General Lee and you know their history, it do kind of affect us, all of us. Because then you say as a country, you know, you say it's history, but it's it's not good history. Like we that's one of the biggest things that you hear on the internet that black folk would say. There's no statues of Hitler um over there where that took place at my mind went blank. What did it take place at? In Germany. In Germany. There's no there's no statues of Hitler. So why is there statues of fucking, you know, like <laughs> General Lee and all of these other people who was against race who was racist? I mean, if you want to get past racism, then you gotta start Acting like you want to get past racism. You can't have them. I saw a statue. I don't even know where I've seen it at. But um, I want to say it's here in Indy where it's a white dude. I don't even know who he is. And it's a black guy bowing down and he got his hand on his head. That is just like so racist to us. Uh, it, it, you know, and it's so funny. And I agree with you 100%, by the way. And it, it's. I was thinking about this the other day. And what I think it really comes down to is when we like somebody, we have a tendency to only look at their positives. We don't look yeah. at the negatives. But when we yeah. don't like someone, it's easy for us to see the negatives. And this is a substantial <laughs> negative. I mean, not, they, not only were they traitors against the country, they, they thought less of a group of people. I don't know why you would want a statue of that individual. 
Yeah, exactly. What you want? Let me ask you this: What you want? If you was a white, if you're a white American and somebody raped you or raped your grandmother, would you want a statue? No, fuck. We ain't even gonna go back this far. If if somebody raped you, would you want them to put up a statue of that person? Right. Or if somebody mistreated you, would you want a statue of that person? Just get rid of the damn statues, guys, so we can move on. Yeah, it's, it's move on. And I'm glad that they are removing them because now. We as African American don't have to say, "Well, take the fucking Saturday." You know, <laughs> you. Um, it, it makes us feel comfortable when we sitting in that area and we don't have to look up there to see that person who we know did awful things to people that look like us that was before us. Well, and the other thing that I'm going to say, and I'm going to add to what you're saying, is not only is it a time for us to finally make some positive changes, not just, you know, scream about it for a few months and then it goes away. But this is a chance for us to make some real positive changes. And, real and, positive changes. Yes, it has to happen now. And, and if that statue is something that represents something of negative to people, I just don't understand why we need to continue to support it. Exactly. So if, if you know, if, if you believe that, if you think we all are equal and you want everybody to be treated the same, then listen to all cries. And you know what's crazy? Because I was looking at, uh, I was looking, I was listening to a Richard Pryor album and um, I don't, it was from 1970 something. Richard Pryor is saying the same thing that is going on today. And one of the things that, because I don't really, I'm, I'm, I like Richard Pryor, but I can't quote his albums. I've right. listened to him. And he said, uh, hey, you know, when you black, the police have choked the shit out of a black person. And I was like, God damn, Richard said this in 1972. This shit is still going on. Oh, absolutely. It, it, so, go ahead. I'm we sorry, Miss Black Bell. America just saying, listen, ain't nobody out here making up stuff. Right, right. That's why, you know, it's funny, as much as we badmouth cell phones now, I honestly think that the issue with George Floyd only happened because it was a video of it. Because otherwise it's just a story. A lot of people never seen the life come out of a person. That's like what that. I mean. And it was it was such an eye opening moment that people said, finally, like, see, I told you, we weren't bullshitting you. This happens every day somewhere. Yep. That's what we've been screaming as African Americans. We're not treated equal, you know. Right. And I, you know, I had a conversation with my next door neighbor. And we, I live in a decent, a pretty nice neighborhood in Indiana, and I, I'm really crazy about my neighbor because we we have something in common. We both like he do a lot of DIY stuff, and he's way better than me. And I do a lot <laughs> of DIY stuff, and I'm I'm able to go to him and talk to him when my husband is not home. I just really like the dude. He's a white guy. He's married to a Mexican lady, and. You know, we had a big falling out over our president and, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter thing. And I told him, I said, you don't get it. You know, all you want to do is be comfortable in your household and be comfortable in your zone. He said, well, I should only worry about me and my family. I said, that's not what the Bible say. That's not American. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to, I, you, they should love their neighbors according to the Bible that a lot of people follow. You, I should, you should look out for me as well as I should look out for you. So if I'm telling you something is bothering me in society, wouldn't you stand to see me happy? Because if you're not happy as my neighbor, I'm not happy. Right. I will fight for you, but you won't fight for me. And he said, well, this he, he just cut the whole conversation. This is too stressful. I said, of course, talking about race is too comfortable when you've been comfortable all your life. Of course, talking about race is uncomfortable when you've been comfortable all your damn life. Right, right. 
And Let, so I kind of missed my neighbor, but we kind of fell out. But I think we'll come back together. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that, you know what the beauty of that really, though, is, is what just happened between you and your neighbor, that's real life, too. You know, but those are the kinds of conversations, I'm with you, that has to happen now for us to, to move forward. Yeah. And we have to have those conversations. I say that all the time. I love talking about race. And if I if it's something I don't know, hell, I get a few people on the phone that do know. Because <laughs> um, it's only right. It's only fucking. That's how we. That's how we're gonna grow as a country, as human beings, as people to understand. Like I tell people, I tell white people this all the time. As a black person, we have to know everything about you guys. Y'all don't have to know nothing about us. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, in the bad part, I can't even, I mean, I empathize with the situation, but I'm also smart enough to know that I've never lived that life. So it's difficult for me to even say, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't think everybody the police kill is a criminal. Nobody wants the police to go anywhere. I appreciate the police. Yeah, I, so. <laughs> but I don't appreciate the ones that's racist. And for you to take somebody life like that, this senseless, Nobody pays taxes for you to kill people. Like I, I have had the biggest argument with people. I said, let me tell you something. White people, white America love to throw up Chicago. Well, I'm here to tell you, white America, them motherfuckers in Chicago are some new types of black people. I don't know what the hell they can they shoot. <laughs> Even when I was a drug dealer, we didn't do that kind of thing. We didn't kill old people, kids, and women. <laughs> you had some ethics to it. <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, uh, I'm, I'm like, they always want to compare everything to Chicago. Chicago is something different. Yes. Yes. They put those people in that bowl where they can kill each other. Right. I guarantee the income level is low. They don't do anything to make, to bring that community up. No. And when you call it Chicago, it just, it just fucking, we look as black America, we look at it as being really racist because I'm not from Chicago. I don't know people that act like people from Chicago in that little realm of people where they just kill kids and crap. Yeah, it's why. I Miss Pat, I want to make sure that we plug your shows though before we oh, solve all, all the. <laughs> I talk all day about that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just, but you know, I'm working out for something. Y'all, please come out. I, hey, I don't really do political jokes. We're just gonna be family. We're gonna laugh at some crazy stuff. From you know, I'm I'm. I said, okay, I'm working on my Netflix special. So, you know, the crowds ain't going to be big. People are scared of Corona, and you should be. But they're not selling seats. They're selling tables. So whoever you come with is who you were set with. Well, that might not be good, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? We all need to laugh right now. Amen. Amen. We need to laugh. Hey, you done you done had all the sex you can have. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of Corona babies. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of Corona, Karinas, Corona Croms. They're gonna be naming them kids all kinds of shit. Corona, Corona, Corona. Somebody gonna name their baby Twenty Twenty Corona. Oh, jeez, yeah, COVID twenty. They're gonna come. <laughs> I'm waiting for the the next rapper that uses COVID in some form or fashion. No, I can't wait to somebody has a twin. This COVID nineteen, this COVID twenty. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to talk real quick about your podcast because I was listening to it and it's a really unique concept, right? You have yourself, a very mm-hmm. outspoken black woman, and then you have uh, Chris, who is more of a, uh, I, you know, he's is libertarian. I think is what he classifies himself as. 
Yeah, child, he classifies himself as a libertarian. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed Republican. That's what I <laughs> but that's why it works. It's you get polar opposites. Um, and I apologize. And I have a yeah. guy named Dion Curry. Dion, yeah, and it just works. And it how works. did you come up with the concept of it? Well, you know, I wanted when everybody kept saying, Miss Pat, because I've been on everybody's podcast, he's like, Oh, you need to start a podcast. And I was like, Dude, I really don't want to sit down and talk. I don't have shit to talk about. And uh, I said, But it's got to be something different. I you, I just listened to a bunch of podcasts, and a bunch of podcasts is really bull crap. A lot of people, especially when you're dealing with white America, they're scared to tackle stuff about race and just talk about real stuff. I'm glad right. you was able to go there with me today. Politics, they just try to stay away from that so they don't piss the fans off. And so when I met Chris over at Bob and Tom, I was like, mm, totally opposite. You know, I grew up in the hood selling crack and been to jail. You, this kid grew up in Plainfield, Indiana, ain't never really had a black friend. I was like, <laughs> well, let me give him a black friend. I love and it. So, <laughs> his, his brother actually graduated with my son, and we just got to talking about it. And then I brought in my other friend, which I brought in my other friend because him and Chris could not stand each other. Oh, because yeah. in his head, he thought Chris was racist. And I said, you can't call a person racist when they never really experienced, you know, certain type of people. They just don't know. Right. Chris just didn't know about black America. Now he do. He, I mean, he don't turn into Malcolm X. Now he get on my damn head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can you quit the black shit, Chris, please? <laughs> but um, I put these two together mainly to show that you're different. But you can always come to an understanding. And I had the referee. If you go back, like, early in the podcast, I had the referee. But now, at the end, we all love each other because we understand each other. That's awesome. But in the beginning, they couldn't. They thought he he thought Dion was racist. Dion thought he was racist. <laughs> but it was, just, it was different opinions that had never been talked out. Right. I love so it. So now we're a family. I love it. I'll tell you what. If you ever need somebody to fill in, I would be more than happy. Because oh, thank you. Oh, I love. I think what you got going on is really cool. Now, I mentioned again, you'll be at the uh, Helium Comedy Club in Indianapolis this weekend, starting tonight, July 9th at eight, and then uh, check out the webpage for for ticket info. You've wrote a book. I mean, yes. you've done a lot of cool things, and you talk now. I mean, you're you're prepping for a Netflix special, and there's no better way to just get out in front of audiences and try your your stuff out. But I got to thinking about something today, and I need you to kind of help me out here with this. I realize today, as a white guy growing up, and even in the Midwest, that all my almost all of my favorite comedians, top comedians, are black. <laughs> I'm, and I didn't. I swear to God, I never even thought of that until today. And and what I mean, I think the absolute best comedian, in my opinion, of my generation by far. No offense to you, Miss Pat, is Dave Chappelle. I, oh wow, I like Dave. I, I got Richard on my wall. I I love Chappelle. But I grew up I as a guy, guy that loved Chris Rock. I, I thought Chris Rock specials were amazing. I and, love Chris, too. Yeah, and so then I started realizing, I went back, and like, you know, when I first started watching stand-up, it was Eddie Murphy with Raw and Delirious. Oh, God. And then <laughs> Def Comedy Jam was on HBO, which I loved. And then you had Comic View on BET. So, mm -hmm. so my question to you is this, and this is an important question. Is it because I grew up with that kind of comedy that I like black comedy better than even what, what would be quote-unquote white comedy, if there's such a thing? Or are black people just inherently funnier than white people? Uh, I take the second one. <laughs> 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 I'm just no, I just think you was a 
attracted to real shit. <laughs> I, it must be yeah. because I love Cat Williams. I love D.L. Hewley. And I just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like comedian. Like, we've had a lot of famous comedians on our show that I love. But I think it's what you just said. It's the realness. I love how real. And maybe that's why I was fascinated when I was listening to you. Is I think black comedians are much more real than than white comedians feel like they can be. White comedians, some of them, not all of them now. Right, some, no, that's true. A lot of them make up stuff, you know, like, oh, my mother, uh, oh, my mother needs to, um, she stopped making my bed. Well, we ain't had no bed to be made, <laughs> and you were going to pick up your own damn pallet. <laughs> 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 when I see them like that, I'm like, if you don't get your privileged ass out this stage and go rob a bank so you can have something to talk about. <laughs> get on my nerve with that book i think it's because and then you know they don't try to pretend a lot of them don't try to pretend to be something that they're not they just that's who they are right so right. i think that's that's probably you attracted to real shit you want to hear people talk about real stuff right because you know and like jim jeffries i'm a big fan of jim jeffries um, as you know, there's the white one. There's tons of white ones. I sound like I'm anti-white comedian, but I'm not. But it's what you just said. I think the beauty of comedy, and even if you go back to a Richard Pryor, or even before him, like a Lenny Bruce or even George Carlin, is the beauty of comedy is that you can make people laugh, but then an hour later they're going to be thinking about what you're throwing out there. And if you're talking about the shit that you went through, I mean, starting at – you know, as a young child, you know, with with giving birth to kids and selling drugs, what you're showing is you make it funny, but people then realize later, you're like, fuck, we can't overcome shit. We're not defined by our past. And I think you do an amazing job of that. And, you know, that's what comedy is about. I get you'd be surprised how many inboxes I get a week where people are, oh, my God, Miss Pat, you cheer me up. Oh, my God, Miss Pat, you, you know, you tell me that I can keep going. And I'm like, y'all, I'm going. I'm not going for no inspirational shit. I'm a, <laughs> a GED and a convicted felon. But, you know, by me being able to talk out loudly about what I've been through in life, it'll allow other people to realize that it's okay. I have a T-shirt say, it's never too late to tell your truth. You know, when you, and I tell people all the time, when you don't get it out, it creates counsel in you. Mm -hmm. So talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I, I think that's where we're starting to come as a country. I, I think for the first time, people are really opening up. But I hate to say this, but I mean, there's, until we're a few generations from this one, there's going to be hate in this country. And I hate it. But it's hate is taught and eventually we have got to get people to quit teaching hate. Well, you will have to wait today down for then they kid. You know, that's why I tell them, I said, I used to tell this bit. I used to say, I used to say, remember this, whatever you hate in life, there's a good chance your child might come home with. It. So if you hate niggas, your child might come home with a big, big nigga. <laughs> oh god i love you <laughs> Miss yeah that's what i thought y'all better stop that crap you're gonna look up here you got a biracial grandbaby and it's gonna be hard to say the n-word when you got a biracial grandbaby <laughs> it's so true oh miss pat i think you're amazing you're gonna be at the uh helium comedy club in indianapolis this weekend tonight july 9th at 8 
Friday, Saturday, uh, both nights, 7.30 and 10, July 10th and 11th. You're on Bob and Tom all the time, but people can listen to you on the Pat Down podcast, which um, you can find lots of places. What other information should they know? P- web pages, where you're going to be, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, I got a website, MissPatComedy.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Comedian, Miss Pat, M-S-P-A-T, Comedian Like a Girl, C-O-M-E-D-I-E-N-N-E. So just come join and hey, and I got a website. Hey, go buy some merch. I ain't working. I need to sell it. <laughs> That's right. Oh, a bottle top, something. No, <laughs> we'll share links on our pages too, Miss Pat. And you have a great show this weekend. Good luck with the COVID. Um, Thank you, baby. And it, you're awesome. You're a treasure. So good luck to you. Bye bye. All right, bye.